The QPR podcast is sponsored by Florally Yours. Based outside Harrow-on-the-Hill train station and run by Kerry, a QPR fan, they can supply everything you need in the way of fresh flowers and plants for every occasion. QPR! Hello and welcome to another edition of Open All Ours, the QPR podcast, and I'm Paul Finney and I'm hosting, and I'm going to look to my little sidekick on the on the right here. On the left. Hello, how are you doing? And um, he's going to save me regularly because I'm going to make a complete arse of myself, like I just did, but you're not here to see what I just did. That was uh, on the left, I mean, sorry. No worries, how, how are you doing? Intro there. Um, um, Recovered from Friday? Fr- yes, Friday, yes, no. Um, Ian McCulloch is here. Um, you're very much sober since the last appearance in the podcast, I have to say so. And you're, you've, you've moved back from Australia since the last podcast. I have. And you've come back for this season, have I, you? I've come back for Premier League football <laughs> and I have left 10 years ago when we were a mid-table struggling championship team and I've returned and we are a mid-table struggling championship team. Consistency, you know, in football that's a very hard thing to Absolutely. find. But are you enjoying your time back? I am. Good, good, good. And we have an ex-QPR player who was on a wee while ago, but I brought him back because I thought you were good. And that's unusual for our guests. Um, Bradley Allen. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Ah, It's all the hours, of course. Um, Looking forward to the chat this evening. And you went on Friday as well? I did, unfortunately, yes. Uh, Yes, that was quite challenging. Right, let's start with Friday then. (laughs) Jesus' sake. Uh, I know there was games before that. I'll I'll just go go run past them quickly. They were crap. Right, Friday. It was like Bradley was saying, it was a challenge. I mean, I was a bit hungover because it was New Year's Day and it was just watching it, it was making me feel worse. It was just, oh. there was no shots on target. Um, to be fair, I didn't think Hull were amazing themselves. I didn't think there was They're much not. in it um, until the end. Uh, I just think it makes a big difference when Charlie Austin's playing. A few times Poulter got the ball and I know he scored and I don't want to um, have a go at him. He scored two games in a row now, but... A couple of times he got the ball in the box in the first half. He just couldn't really fix his feet in time to get to test the keeper, and he doesn't really make the same runs as Charlie Austin either. So when you haven't got that outlet, it makes I think it makes a huge difference to the way we play. And I suppose in his defence, he would say he wasn't brought in to beat Charlie Austin. I guess no, great header though. Yeah, mm. great header. Yeah. Bradley, from a professional point of view, as a striker, how did you see Paul to on Saturday or Friday? Friday. I think there has to be a bit of an understanding here. Mm. of a player that's played so little football. I see him early season uh, in the League Cup fixture in which he scored at, uh, at Yeovil. And uh, from from my experience coming into a team where you've not had much um, match fitness, it's very difficult when, when the, the burden of responsibility is on your shoulders. Rangers are playing one striker. The guy's not fully fit. He's not in tune with the championship. You know, it's it's difficult for him. And I think... Is, is is that sort of is that knowledge there amongst the supporters as to the challenge that he he faces when he's coming into the mm. side? Having said that, we we have had other strikers going back through the years who have been in a, a similar position. And uh, is he a lone striker? though? that's that's what I keep asking myself. I, th- I think he would be better to play uh, in a four four two with with mm. with someone alongside him. And that was the thing that maybe during the course of the game that, that, that I didn't see being changed or happening. But then again, you know, from the manager's perspective, he has so few options, especially with Charlie being out injured. 
that's um, you know very uh, very difficult for him to cope with that because there's so few other supporting players that are scoring goals for QPR at the moment. So as a result, I think you know uh, I'm not unfair in saying that I just can't see us uh, challenging for the playoffs because we've just not got enough goals within the squad. Well, some people are actually worried we could actually leave the league the other way. Um, which I personally can't see. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's any chance of relegation, but... No, there'd be, there be three worst teams in QPR this season. Mm. Um, you know, it, it's a very average league, but I think all, you, all we're seeing is that those in the current top six positions just have a better balance and a slightly better depth in squad to what QPR do currently, and, that, and that's why we probably miss out this, this time around. And a better mindset. I just hope they don't, in January, or well, in this month, I hope they don't panic by it in the hope that it would... Us panic by No, and get, <laughs> you know, ridiculous. get, get them into the playoffs, and, and instead think, right, we're going to finish mid-table this season, but if we are going to get anyone, then think about a, a bit longer term. So you're a journalist, Ian, and from that point of view, I want this... I read on Twitter a lot, and I cause a lot of arguments yourself on Twitter, but I mean, a lot of fans are, are blaming fellow fans for where we are, but I, I'm not seeing that. Do you think the fans are too demanding, their expectations are too high, or do you think it's because the club are actually pretty much in chaos and no one really knows who's leading it? I think it's a bit of both. Okay. I do think that some of the stuff that I hear at games is just ludicrous. Yeah. You know, the claims that people are making and um, walking out and hearing like, well, what do you expect from our Hasselbank team? You know, we should never have got rid of Warnock and well... He's only had a few games. Short-termism though. has been the blight of this club for 15 years. But doesn't that come upstairs? Yeah, stage? but I think this all goes back, not just this goes back pre-Fernandez era, this goes back to when Palladini come in and, and essentially ripped the soul out of the club and people who worked for the club were bombed out. CEOs were, were you know, they got rid of the CEO. Mark Devlin is an excellent CEO. Mm. Um, the coaching staff was reduced. The academy staff was scrapped the scouting team was gone and when the money came in under Fernandez, there was a football club there that had basically no infrastructure and you look at clubs like Palace Southampton who've been on their knees essentially and going out of business and but they still had an infrastructure there which meant when money did come in they were able to kind of build up and get to where they were we have no infrastructure and what's being put in place now by Les is things that should have happened seven, eight years ago. And, what are they and you're never gonna, they're not going to see any fruition from those until sort of three, four What's years' time. Please? But people are you know, bringing out petitions to get rid of Ferdinand because we're not it's, in the top six. But what, what, what's he putting in place that we know of that's going to put his right in a few years? Then? I think slowly what they're doing at the moment seems to be heading in the right direction. I mean, I'm not privy to... No, no, I'm not, I'm not, it's not a trick question. I'm just wondering it, why you say that because... Sorry, what's the question again? Like, what's he doing in your eyes that you can see coming to Fatrician in a couple of years' time? Actually, got to, the buds of hope are going to grow from. Well, at least someone's taking an interest in, you know, the youth system and things that should have been done before that have been neglected are slowly being back in play. Bradley will have a more a better idea than, than I would. Um, the, the, I don't understand why they got rid of Steve Gallen. That's another issue altogether. But um, again. Well, that seems to be a Les decision. Yeah, I mean, I saw Les interviewed on the club website the other week and he said, when I'm asked about it, that they were going to try and find something for him. But well, they haven't got rid of The him. manager comes in and wants to bring his own staff in and then the role he previously held has been filled by someone else, so it's kind of... That's, that's cool. I, see, I've got, I've got no problem with that. I mean, I'm not going to make it a secret. Everyone knows that I know Steve and all that sort of thing, so I'm not going to lie. Um, and I haven't spoke to Steve about this. In fact, I speak to Steve about three times every ten years because um, Steve's so... 
committed to QPR. He doesn't talk to people because he, that's the way he is. But what I will say is that from what I've heard, being on garden leave isn't clever. Um, you either put the person to one side and, 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 and sneak him out the back door after 18 years, I don't think it's respectful. I don't know why they're doing it. I wish they hadn't done it. That's my personal is that the case? I didn't. I didn't realise that was... Yeah, Garden Leaf, which is I, I don't think is respectful. But in the 18 years he's been there, he's had an awful lot to deal with. And mm. Steve is Mr. QPR. I mean, very much so. You, you speak to him, and his passion for the club is unreal. But I mean, I'm not using that as a stick to beat Les because I don't know who's made that decision. I mean, I'm told it's Les Ferdinand. I don't know. I'm only mm. going by what you see in message boards and, and what you hear. But right I think the thing with Les as well, the players they have brought in have been reasonable. And they haven't gone out and the days of big money and big contracts seems to be kind of hopefully a thing of the past. That's what you're saying. So you can only take it at face value. But Absolutely. But you think um, Les, if he had made that decision, he's probably guided by Hasselbank because he's brought in two first-team coaches that he wants to work under. Yeah, but, yeah, but that's, that's the point of making, though. That's fine. To, 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 bring, to get rid of someone is fine. Don't put them on garden. No, I agree with you. That's, yeah. that's just wrong, in my opinion. I'm not saying that if they don't want to keep them, they don't want to keep them, that's fine. Garden leave, I don't think it's respectful. But that's a personal opinion. And that's not because I know Steve. I generally don't think it's a good idea. As a professional, what does garden leave actually mean, Bradley? Um, until the... If, if there's a, a contract dispute, um, until that's resolved, then you know Steve will be continued to be paid by the club. Yeah. Uh, and, and then once, once that situation and the, uh, a line has been drawn under it, then obviously both parties that can then move on in. Um, I think, you know, as, as you say, I think, you know, there's been a changing of the goalposts, hasn't there, from going along the lines or a decision where promotion from within, invested in the youth, building a new training ground, appeared to be the direction last summer. All of a sudden, somebody somewhere has said, well, no, we want to go back up again. Yeah, uh, and true. then Neil Warnock then uh, was briefly appointed. Well, was he going to be the guy to do that for seven months? That changed, and now Jimmy Floyd has come in. I think we've got to totally disres- disregard the, the Chelsea links. Oh, forget, God, forget yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I think actually, what maybe short term needs to happen is uh, support Jimmy with recruitment by some hungrier players yeah. from lower league because. There are still a few gems out there that want to come into the club and where QPR currently are, develop a, a under-25, younger, healthier team, which he can be the one to build and develop over the next couple of years. Fair I think point. some clubs that have dropped out of the Premier League have gone in that direction, having uh, took the hit financially, and that's what QPR need to do. Are we they, 10 years they behind not, They will not throw money at it, I don't think, in January. No, I, I think now they've probably looked at the the points differentiation. QPR are not going to go back up, so now they've got to look at well, who do we now bring into the club to support the manager if he's going to be the guy that we're going to help in the next eighteen months to two years? That's true. I mean, dear Saxon had huge Chelsea links. He did all right. But that, just saying, the fans. I mean, they, they, um, a lot of fans seem to agree that we need a long term strategy, but. But then equally, a lot of fans are kind of, they just get um, disgruntled and unsettled very quickly with how the team is. But it, There's probably difficult. a bit of confusion there because they've tasted the Premier League and QPR had a lot of money, yeah. an awful lot of money. 
And some probably are of the opinion, well, there is still that money in the club and we can still pay. It's gone. Play. Well, no, I don't think it isn't anymore. Mm. I think those days are, are, are gone. So they need to well, you know, come, come off it and, 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 and understand where, where, we, where we now are as a but, football club. But then do you also think as well, Brad and, and, and Chris, that the, this whole new financial package is a massive carrot for the QPR board to kind of solve everything they've done wrong in one season by actually going for it, going up this time and maybe not spending the money as stupidly as was the last time. No, but I think the reason for that, I mean, is, it's a kind of, it, it, this baffles me, like when Gary Monk was sacked by Swansea because... That was, that was, yeah. But that money's going to be there next year. It's going to be there the year after. Good point. And it's going to be the year after yeah. that. Yeah. So this whole Good panic point. about, it's there for another four years and then after that it will go up again. So this whole... So why do we change... It's not just Mindset. QPR, every single yeah, but it, yeah. All, all the fans seem to be, you know, they seem to be bothered when they go to games. They're like, oh, the big players aren't formed, like Sandro, Leroy Fur. But you can't just get rid of those players who've got contracts. They will go eventually. And then maybe in like two or three years, like Bradley was saying, you'll have an under-25 teams and it'll be packed full of players that they've been recruiting over the last year or so. Well, Fur looks like he's gone on strike to me, to be honest with you. I think you've been a bit harsh on him. He's not a striker. He's been played out of position. No, but what I mean, he doesn't look happy. He just, he's gone through the motions. Yeah, but the though. crowd are on his back. He's been played out of position. I, I, I mean, I don't get this whole player's not trying. Okay. Every player goes out and tries. He doesn't always come off, but, you know. Basingua? Well, yeah, there are the odd exceptions, but I wouldn't say her first not trying. Okay. But, I mean, like, oh, that game against Huddersfield? Was it Huddersfield? One or Another game, the game we had no strikers. Yeah, yeah. He was the one dropping deep and kicking the ball and, and, and spraying it wide okay. where he could. So any the good moves we were getting, the ball out wide to Phillips was coming from him. But he, but he was. Getting, so what is he, the problem then? If it's not players and it's not the club chasing the financial carrot, then what has effectively gone wrong at QPR? Are we wrong to presume we're in a crisis when maybe we should be mid-table anyway? I mean, what, 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 why is the feeling of crisis at QPR? Well, you just right? have, they haven't really quite got the right balance yet in the squad. And I think that's understandable because we've just gone down. So the squad's a mixture of players who they've brought in over the summer, who they've brought in um, with a long-term vision in mind. And then a few players from last season that really they probably want to get rid of but didn't get enough money for. Or maybe who are half thinking maybe we'll go back up. So I think the squad will sort itself out. And maybe next year, if they get it right in the mm. summer, it could be like a year where they push on. Ian? I agree, yeah. I think the Cherries and Luongos are good signings. There are some, some good signs there. I just think they, were, they weren't expecting for Austin Sandra to be there. And the start okay. of the season, my worry was we had too many similar players. Good players, but similar players. And the team was kind of lopsided. But, I mean, Grant Hall's been outstanding this year. He's kind of a signing we made in the summer and everyone went, oh, well, who, who is he? And He's sanitary, you know, yeah. He was supposedly not good enough to play for Birmingham and various other championship clubs but he's, he's a good player he's arguably been our best player this year but, but I think that links nicely to the, the point that I made about there are players there mm-hmm. I think if, if your recruitment is good you've got good scouts watching games across all levels mm. I think that, that's been seen at, at, at the top level this season with the, the success stories and, and, it, and if that can be put in place I know there's a few that have been out on loan as well mm. uh, at lower league clubs uh, I think potentially furlong Will, will, will prove to, to come back and, and, and be a, a part of the side in, in defence as well at full back you know that, that was a big ask for a young player last mm. season to go in play against Sanchez mm. of Arsenal mm. in, a, in a crucial Premier League game when he's got so little first team experience 
that was a really big call for for that young young kid to to sort of have to face that and what what you actually need you you just need to have a go through a period of transition mm. and and it needs real patience amongst the supporters and, and unfortunately that's that sometimes uh, wears thin when you have inconsistent results. But then that's modern football. The other thing I would say, the, 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 it's not a criticism, it's kind of just me thinking out loud, is the young lad Cox, we play him in the Premiership, but he doesn't get a game in the, the Championship, and the same with young Furs. Yeah. You know, that, that to me, when the whole thing was restructure, youth, development, and you're like, well, Michael Harriman loaned out to Wickham. Different managers. Yeah, different but managers. at the same time, Greek Cox didn't really pull yeah, up any yeah, trees. I think the played, difference is, you know, I'm a big advocate of putting young players in, mm. but they have to go into a team that's settled, that's playing with confidence, mm. and you no, have you have well, senior players around them that can guide them through. Some of them young boys that that were thrust in when Chris Ramsey was in charge, probably the right move, but they were going to going into a side that were fighting for relegation. No, okay, uh, and you get a position as well. You can send the player back three or four years by putting him in too early and the, you know getting crucified by the crowd and or putting playing your Phillips ahead of them. Yeah, things like that. It's so basically what we, what we, what we're saying is there is hope, but we need to see start seeing some strong leadership at Rangers to try and readdress the balance of I the think with Rangers. We've been either trying to go up or stay up every year since 1996. We haven't had a year where everyone just went. Do you know what? I'm quite happy finishing mid table and just yeah. kind of build again. It's was that the been... season when Stuart Wardley scored them goals? We finished about 10th or something. Got from Russian and Diamonds. That was yeah, like, he was a removal scored about man. Ten, 10 goals from yeah. midfield. Yeah, I think you look but, back every season. I can't. I've told me to think of a season where we just went, oh, I'm just happy to finish. We are a Bloody hell, that's a good point. Well, you staving could... off relegation or trying to push a promotion. And I'm bringing you back on again. <laughs> it's like time just to go. But I think at the start of the season, Rangers fans I know are all quite happy to go, yeah, let's kind of have a year of. And then when the club say we're going to push a promotion, the whole rhetoric exactly, changes yeah. and then um, expectation changes. And then before you know it, but they've got to be patient with Jimmy Floyd Hasselbay, I do agree. I mean, to me, it's, and we keep saying it, the, the Chelsea thing is, and I've noticed as well people singing more and more, we hit Chelsea at games. I mean, that's no coincidence. It's something to do with them not waving, apparently, against Huddersfield or something. Um, but got to give them time. The board have got, it, eventually it's down to the board. The board will be the ones that make, pull the trigger or not. But we can't keep second managers and we can't mm. keep reloading yeah, You have to give him time. He's, he's, he, he, he's barely started, barely got his feet under the table. Yeah. And, I think and he's, he's young and ambitious yeah. as well. And, and he's he, coming to the busiest time of the season as well. He, he, he did his apprenticeship at Burton. And having said that, he did inherit a fairly decent squad, mm-hmm. settled squad from Gary Rowett, who'd done mm. a good job before him. But he knows players at that level. He's got a lot of contacts. He might be able to, in this transfer window, get some loan players in from Premier League clubs for young players to come in and maybe in the second half of the campaign that make a little bit of difference and then you can you can further look at that perhaps come the summer you can then see what those contract situations are and then maybe perhaps take a punt on one or two of those guys which might really help the club moving forward next season but isn't everyone looking for that Charlie Austin lawn move young hungry striker the Harry Kane yeah there's going to be, there'll be a lot of, like Serge Gnabry at Arsenal he's come back from West Brom they're going to send him to the championship there'll be a lot of clubs after him mm. but you know we've, we've proved in the past that players have done well for us for, like Andros Townsend when he came on loan he did well, really well back for, for him? I don't think he'd drop down into the championship because he wants to get into the Euro squad so he'll probably go somewhere in the Premier League but I think more players declare like, himself Northern more, Irish and he get there anyway <laughs> more signings so. like Grant Hall would be great yeah, mm. I think he, Chris Ramsey should give him credit for that because he brought him into the side and 
actually against Hull, he was, mm. I thought he, he was kind of maturing because he's coming forward and looking to start attacks even with the ball when nothing was happening, yeah. playing through balls. I think he'll get a player of the year, actually. I think as well, like with Perch getting injured, he was building a nice partnership with Anur at the back. Anur is not a right back, He's not a right back, we all know that. But mm. there isn't... I mean, do you throw Furlong in now to play him as a right back? I'd play Henry there. Yeah. He can, he's, he's looking kind of... <laughs> I did enjoy. But he's not going to add to your attacking dimension from the from the fullback. That was bizarre. And that's a major field. problem for us. Our midfield is, it's not the most mobile, is it? And we've got two fullbacks that are not bombing forward. Because so. how many midfielders we got? That's a bit weird. And I was saying that I did enjoy the messy style rule that he had against Huddersfield. Like, you know, he, he's like, "Where's he going to pop up next?" It's like it was brilliant. It, it kept it kept us guessing. So God is what Huddersfield made of it because we, we weren't know. We, I expect him to be a ball boy at one stage. Mm. You know, he, he, but I mean, to me. As a fan, I think our problem sometimes is the heads are going down really low as well. I don't know if you noticed that Bradley against Sam Hull, but I noticed when they scored that first goal, everyone's head hit the floor straight away. Yeah. And in the old QPR sides that you were part of, you'd have like people like Macca, you'd have the Phoenix and that they're banging the, 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 the come on, let's let's do this, you know? Well, the, the, the season that, that I left, you know, that was the, the season that they got relegated, wasn't it? 95, 96. And, and it was similar to that. The mm. squad was, was a little bit similar to that. You know, it, it didn't have huge experience. It was without key players that it had two or three years before. And and it, and it's it, it's tough, you know, especially if you're a younger player and you lack the experience to be able to cope with that. You've got, you've got a crowd that want you to do well, but you're lacking a little bit of confidence. You're not consistent in your results. And, and as a result, you can just get a little bit bogged down and it's, it's, it's tough to come through. And, that, and that's where you need to you have key players in the dressing room. What was wrong with that squad that went down that time? Because if I remember rightly, we brought in players like Lee Charles, didn't we? Gregory Goodridge. We were trying to find rough diamonds and, and do what we did for years with finding Sinclairs and so forth. And well, we, we'd, we'd done it before that. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd mentioned about, you know, I think there are players there. Um, we, we went and signed Darren Peacock, Andy Tilson, Rufus mm. Brevitt, who, who, who all went be away. Uh, to be a, a success and, and, and a value to the club. And, and I think, you know, you know that's that's where you need a good good structure. You know, you, Les needs good people around him that are reporting, that are watching. Um, you know, football down the pyramid, non-league, because you know there there is personnel that uh, that are hungry and that, that that will come in and they they, they jump at a chance to come and play at a QPR. And they so really would. Name, we haven't, still had good we haven't had that for a long time. We've just gone to agents and signed players. Hmm. You know, we sign money. We'll, you know, what could you have got? For what we spent on Fitz Hall over five years. Well, yeah, you know, there's a lot of money we've paid for him, and a lot of money we we paid him. But there's a, you know, that money could have been used to find two or three young hungry players. Do you know, I but remember we, that you saying that about you, you said it as well. I noticed you, you, you had nodded that that signing of Tilson Peacock Brevet was brilliant because hmm. that I remember they made the debut uh, at Derby away. I was there, and that was just amazing because. But sorry, Fitz actually didn't uh, didn't. Bobby Gould come in yeah yeah. And Bobby Gould kind of had like a, a month long contract and he went and found these rough diamonds from the lower league brilliant Bobby Gould and Don Howe and Don Howe God, God bless him um, you know, mm. they, they were the two that, that, that sort of recruited those players and, and, that, and that's how Wimbledon of old worked mm. you know yeah. picking these rough diamonds and uh, but, but, I'm, not, I'm not saying that, that you know you, you're going to return to those days because the, the dynamic is, is a lot different but I, I, I still think that, that you can identify one or two like that so if I'll start with you Chris if we finish fourth from bottom this season would that be a total disaster or is that a platform to build on next season um, 
Well, it'd be good to see progress, you know, mm-hmm. for the second half of the season. Uh, as, you know, if we don't avoid relegation, obviously, is the first, first thing. I, don't, I think everyone agrees that we're not going to go up this season. It would be a minor miracle if we got into playoffs and then got promoted. So, yeah, as long as we finish um, in, the, in the league still, I don't think it matters too much. And we show I, some progress. I don't think we'll go down. I mean, we, we lost... <laughs> we lost the Ipswich in the last minute. They're in the top five or six. We threw it away against Hull in the last minute, literally. <laughs> you know, we're not. It's not like we're getting spanked four or five nil every week. That's relegation forms. I mean, I've seen a lot worse Rangers sides go down from the division than the current one. Hmm. But Bradley, yeah, QPR, QPR won't go down. They've got, they've got too much quality within the squad. But but I do think if it's not to be this month, then then certainly the summer there needs to be hmm. a real freshening up. I think it needs to be. I think the, the squad needs to be ripped up. I think the manager needs to be supported. I would say five, six players need to be brought in of a younger age and let Jimmy work with them and have a good pre-season. Uh, go out the cut early, start next season, and then hopefully you can get some points on the board and get off to a good good start in the championship next campaign. Would you sell Austin if a team come in in January? I don't got a choice. Well, I mean, you would lose him in the summer. Either way, you probably won't go up. I mean, you have to, like, I suppose, consider what he wants to do as well. If the club's not right for him, then maybe you pay him that respect and keep him on. I don't know. It's but I'm sure a club decision. will come in for him. One that if he wants he, to join. Yeah, and he'll yeah. have a clause in his contract. If you go down, I get the chance to leave. Desperate clubs. I'm, 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 surprised Ever- summer. I'm surprised Everton haven't come in for him. I was looking at them playing yesterday and I thought, he's the sort of player that would suit mm. them down to the ground. I'm not but, working for Everton, by the way. I'm just saying that. It'll maybe boil down to whether he wants to be a second-choice striker. I mean, because if he goes to Everton Spurs, he'll probably start on the bench. Well, Spurs, yeah, but Everton, he hasn't got a lot in front of him. He could actually do, do well quite a lot. He, he could do well, though. He could Lukaku. go to Newcastle, who risk it going down. He could go to Villa, Palace. risk it going down. Palace. Who knows? But the thing is, I personally think he's done his stint at QPR in his mind. Oh, he's done enough. And I think if he left, I don't think any Rangers fan nah. would. And he, head held high. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely high. Which brings me on to the FA Cup. <laughs> oh, what? At least we don't get knocked out by someone in the lower league, league below us. <laughs> right, there's a few facts to think about this. I mean, I'm not going to do a Fraser and put out a load of facts that are really stupid. Sorry, David. Brilliant, I mean. Absolutely inspiring. Um, we've never won there. I've been there when we've been hammered. I was there uh, when Nigel Clough scored the fastest hat-trick. I was there uh, when Ordinius broke his leg. With the, I think it was 5-2. So when like Cloughy that. started beating up the fans. Yeah. That was my second ever game for, in a what QPR What the hell shirt. did you make of that on the pitch? What was going on? Did you see Cloughy come on, like? Yeah. Go on, tell me we, about we it. We were jogging off. Right. And uh, he was uh, in one of his stroppy moods, I think, and he, he collared two of the supporters that were running on and celebrating and clipped them around the ear. And then I think he apologised publicly the, the following day because he re- realised his actions but that, that you're right Ozzy uh, fractured his leg that game mate. the, the bar one as well yeah. really bar one but yeah. the great thing about that game was that we got spanked 5-1 five, or 5-2 five, two, five, and two. there's nothing in the paper the next day but I was getting beat 5-2 yeah. <laughs> also if I remember rightly their hot dog stand got burnt down as well <laughs> so seriously it did I, I think they I took, wasn't there so I don't know I think they literally took it too well done meaning the wrong way <laughs> but I do remember the hot dog stand being anyway Something happened there. I don't think it was anything to do with football violence. It's one of them things. But we, our record is shocking, though. We've all agreed. I think it's so, good, though. It's good to have a cup game because mm. um, maybe Hasselbank will try players and systems it's out. It's called an unwelcome. Yeah. What does he well, mean by that? Oh, maybe he'll try new things You're out. You're a journalist. And, and he'll, what does unwelcome mean? I don't know. Does that mean like someone walking in your house and thinking your TV? Yeah, maybe because he just wants to get a win on the board in the, in the league. But at the same time, it might give him a chance to test out different formations and new players and he might find something that he, he likes. 
So you can go uh, to Forest. I guess, so. I mean, I'm assuming we hadn't seen Luongo on the field under him until this week because he hadn't seen him play. But he played in the reserve game last week, as did Diakiti and as did... Um, oh, Diakiti. And someone else who... Cherry. Yeah. And that's given the amount of games they've had to play in the last since he took over. I'm a little bit surprised Longo hasn't got back in the team. Fallin's been great, but yeah, you know he's he's bound to need together? a rest soon because he's been out for so long. Could they play together? He got a rest against Uh Yeah, I can't see why they can't play together. So. Oh, he's, he's got the legs. Anyway. We lack the legs in midfield. Ali hasn't got the legs, but he's got he's got the ball skills. And can, can you imagine me playing D? K- have you, did you were you there when Diakiti made his debut against Fulham? Um, Nico De Clive. <laughs> there you go. I was talking about that earlier on. That'll teach me, um, Bradley. Next one is Martin. Um, no, seriously, have you seen him play for us? I have. He's mad. He got sent off after yeah. about ten minutes. The, yeah. of, the referee was literally going up to the bench and literally saying, "You've got to take him yeah. off. I'm going to have to send him." It was the most apologetic red card you will ever see in your life. <laughs> he literally did it and went, I "Have no choice." Face. He, he ran out of fingers to tell him how many fouls he made. Uh, Diakite, we need actually we need players like him. Is he still a QPR player? Sir? Diakite. No, the other one. No, no. Okay, so he's, he's, gone, he's gone to play. He's gone to play with Bosingua in. Turkey in Turkey alright so back with the FA Cup right do you know what my fear is we go to Forest and we it's not a fear I hope we hammer them and we do well and then the manager's got a selection problem on his hands is not he because he's mm. going to bring in the fringe players has that ever happened to you where the manager's picked a Wigan team for the FA Cup you've actually done really well and they think oh or do you think that? Yeah, oh oh and also, should you take the FA Cup seriously as a, as a, as a manager team? Should QPR be doing that? I think it's a game to experiment. Give, give the, okay. uh, the, the, the players that are sort of being considered um, the opportunity to start. Why not give them 90 minutes and, 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 and see what happens? Because I don't think it would hurt QPR. There's enough within the squad to cope with the remaining fixtures between now and the end of the season. So it's, it's, it's a competition where... You get through that game, you get a home draw, a favourable tie. Yeah, you know, why not? You could get for a, a few rounds and uh, be worth a few quid to the club. And we've brought the hoodoo in the city ground. Hopefully no replay. Yeah. I think as well, Forest aren't going to be taking it. They're not, they're not looking at this as a glamour tie either. They're probably going to do the same as we are and kind of rest players yeah. and whatever. But but I personally think, if you look, if you're a Luongo or a Diakite, and this is your chance to kind of get into a Who would you play it from? Mackie. Oh, Against his former club with um, Jet, it's good to see him back on. I'd play Polter. I think he needs games. He needs minutes. Mm-hmm. The more minutes he plays, and he's yeah. got two and two. And he's okay. So who would you play against Forest? Name your team quickly. <coughs> All three. I'd have Smithies in, but I'd have Smithies in goal for the next league game, just quietly. Right. Um, uh, Centre halves. I'd probably go Newer Hall. Yeah. Koncheski left back. I'd rest right Koncheski. Who's well? Can we do rest him? No, we haven't got. Who else well, Clint Hill. You. Yeah. Ewan, yeah. Oh, you're good, yeah. Okay. Um, good player, Ewan. Yeah, he's a good player. So, all right, bring in Ewan. Hull. Bring have Hull. I'd probably give Hull. He might give Hull on a run up right back. Hull. You could have, all right, you can play Hull, Hill, um, Young, then right back, you could experiment with Henry. Yeah. I think he might play Hull on the right back. Okay, then we're going to midfield. I'd have Luongo. We haven't got enough, you know. We Luongo, need to really Cherry. Use some more. I think he might give Tekiti a run. He's brilliant, wouldn't it? Eh? <laughs> he's playing playing reserve games, and I don't know the fact that he put him on the bench on Friday 
Must means he must be kind of. I think he's a good player. Door. He's just mad. Yeah. He reminds me of me with a. He's worth going to city ground just to see Diego. Well, he's, he's got energy. We missed that in midfield. Yeah. Well, Sandro's never fit when he's playing. He's, mm. uh, all right, so you got Diego. Um, right, starter playing maybe the defensive midfielder type role. Then you got your two. The one guy I'd play. All right. Uh, I'd play two up front maybe. Yeah. We're still Mac- midfield. Mac- what your turn? <laughs> what your turn? Right, so Lamonga. Phillips will probably play. Yeah, Phillips and Hoylet probably play wingers. Okay. Maybe. I remember Cherry didn't do anything wrong on, on Friday. But he'll playing that role. He'll play one up front and play maybe Cherry behind. Jet, perhaps up front. Okay. Yeah, I'm surprised we haven't seen more of Jet recently. I like, I like the idea of playing Mackie up front as well. I mean, Diakiti and Mackie in the same side would be brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> it, seriously, it would. It'd be, it, yeah, listen, because we've got nothing to lose. It's, it's just a shame that. You know, the, I mean, your brother would tell you more than I would ever know how much the FA Cup final meant to him scoring that goal in the semi-final. I mean, I, I grew up dreaming of, of the FA Cup final and seeing QPR and, at Wembley. Maybe generations have changed. It's just a shame now that clubs don't take it seriously. But maybe that's because I'm old. So what I've always had quite respect for Martinez. Mm. Wigan went down, but it was they won the FA Cup and it was still... You can turn around and say, I played in the Premier League for 10 years and earned a fortune, but you haven't won nothing. At least those Wigan players can say, well, yeah. I won an FA Cup and beat... The champions to win it, but surely as well, it's 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 going back to the FA Cup days. Was it? Be honest, did they take it serious in the old days, or is this a new phenomenon that, that teams? Oh, we did. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. What's changed? I think we got was it quarter final best Liverpool one, one year. Yeah, yeah. Liverpool. Yeah. I mean, did we get there were Man U as well? Man U. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 Old Trafford. Yeah. Paul, Paul Linton like that game. <laughs> he got a wee bit of, did you hear that on the pitch by the way we didn't like him anyway it was about um, 20 minutes wasn't it at least and a lot yeah that's good the Cockney Reds didn't like it in the train the way home either but anyway going back to that yeah so what was it seems to me sad that we don't take it serious anymore I mean do you think that's well like linking to what you said at the start you know it's, it's, it's what's at stake uh, mm. to stay in the top flight isn't it that's why those 38 games are more important, especially to the uh, the foreign players. I think rather than rather than the uh, you know the one the ones that have been at the club for a while. I think they understand it and they understand the support. But you know that's few and far between, unfortunately. And but that's where generations ask, have changed. To ask a Wigan fan and a Portsmouth fan, would you have given what you're going yeah, through now for that day out at Wembley when you seen your team in the FA Cup? Be? I know you can't answer for your brother. But do you think that would be up there in his top ten moments? That semi-final goal. Oh, absolutely. See, I th- all the goals I, I, I think if you look at the classic photos, yeah, of him celebrating in front of the the the, the North Bank at, at Highbury, in front of the mm. R supporters, you know, you see the emotion on his face because that was a tough game. That was a very good West Brom side. Mm. Excellent. They had some absolute brutes in that lineup and. Uh, it, it wasn't a memorable game by any means, but to to win and get through that, you know, the supporters from that era, they'll never forget that. And uh, it was just a pity that they couldn't roll over Spurs in the final, which is a shame. That's my first real memory of being a QPR fan that game. Disappointment. No, it's <laughs> like the semi, the semi final. Yeah, but I have to say, what I love Bob Hazel from that game. But also, when you, when you watch the obviously, I watched it in Ireland. But when you watch the old videos of it and in, in, in everything else and seeing the blue and white hoop tracks at tops and everything else, that's mm. special. Mm. And, I mean, and maybe that's why our generation take it so much more seriously mm. than others who just think, oh, well, it's a cup match, we'll try this. It doesn't really matter. It's not the effect of the season. It probably doesn't help, but our, our cup record has been 
so bad. It's the worst in the country, years. apparently. Yeah, it's pretty forgetful, isn't it? Forget, <laughs> you know, There's it, no reason why we can't go on a cup run. I mean, you look at um, Hasselbank himself was mm. playing for Cardiff seven or eight years ago, got to the final they were in, when they were in the championship. Um, True. And they were playing Portsmouth. They had, you know, it was really close. I think they lost 1-0. So, you never know. We've got a season where we're not going to go up or down. So, why not? But I think if we were to have a cup run as well, say get to the fifth round, get a big team at home, how much it would lift the club? And yeah. I mean, just that... Been like Bournemouth. Out, the days out of, <laughs> well, the days out of Wembley in the past have been kind of some of the greatest days in this club's history. Mm. Even the player final at Cardiff, although we lost, it was still an amazing day. Well, I didn't enjoy 86. Yeah, that was a bad day. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Um, so, right, we're going to just go quick. Oh, actually, that's, that's brought up bad memories. <laughs> it didn't exist, didn't happen. It ended at Anfield for me, that run. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. Two on goals. Wow, we, we won the cup. <laughs> anyway, Oxford just nicked it. The last, anyway. um, I can't believe he even said the name. Transfer window, I know we discussed it earlier, but just quickly, what should we not do and what will we do? Um, we shouldn't buy anyone on big wages or just someone you know we shouldn't buy people with the thought of going up to the Premier League we should get uh, maybe a couple of loans if we are going to get players from big clubs we should mm. maybe get some uh, loans in clever loans hopefully Hasselbank can use some of his contacts and and you know if we can pluck a few lower league players who have a lot of promise I'm sure they've got their scouting network they've been looking at people then that'd be great I'd love us to see us offload some players on deadline day how many years have we been buying players and just bloating the squad? We never seem to sell anyone. For the first time in a long time, we've got players been linked with other clubs. That hasn't happened for a while. Well, that's an interesting point. It hasn't, has it? So do you think someone could take over a team and read us? Hope, isn't it? Well, Austin's the obvious one that's probably going to go. But, but what, should we go loans then? I think so. I yeah. don't think the it club will buy. It depends what you want, though, doesn't it? I, don't, I can't see that happening. I, th- I think that that will be reviewed in the summer, and, yeah. and, and I agree with yourself. I think it'll be loan signings that uh, is more likely the, the avenue that they take. Personally, I want to see everyone out on big wages who have been here and won't really add to it. Come in some younger players. What you just said, and patience, and we'll see how we develop over the season. But to me, it would be absolutely sheer madness and stupidity to add to a squad that already can't get offloaded, in my humble opinion. And by putting players in longer deals just because we feel we have to do that every transfer. Because every transfer window, we buy squads. We don't just go to buy a player, we mm. just go and buy a squad. And the, the other squad hasn't been sold yet. Mm. So we're just mounting and mounting players. I mean, half of our players are probably in Westfield and Bluewater and Saturday afternoon rather than playing football. So it'd be nice to use common sense, just ride through this storm, bring in some lone players and just see what happens. And you know what? If you end up near enough the top of the league, isn't that a good thing? But it means you're not financially going to bankrupt yourself. I mean, one thing I will say is that Hoylet would have been out the door on everyone, but everyone would have said, get rid of Hoylet at the start of the year. But a bit of coaching, a bit of confidence building, a bit of working with training training, actually played very well the last mm. six, seven games. Right. You know, the, the, actually coaching players and saying, right, OK, you're playing for us, we're going to work with you and make you better players. We haven't done that for years. We've just... Well, you're not good enough. We'll get rid of you. Well, we can't get rid of you. We'll just buy someone else to replace you. And the, the wage bill grows, and the salary cap the salary true, grows. And and the good thing is, he started improving on the Warnock. Not them saying Warnock should have got the job. I'm just saying. Well, he, well, to be fair to Warnock, he did. Yeah. yeah, he did. He did start him. I'm not a huge Warnock fan, but you know, you you can't argue with that. That he put him in, but he also didn't play with any strikers at home, <laughs> and everyone seems to forget that. 
No, we, it seems to be a... Tr- can't do any wrong, but he plays no strikers We're trying a new philosophy of, of winning without strikers because we've got so many midfielders. It's, it might catch on. It, who knows? One thing I would like to talk to you, Bradley, about, if you don't mind, and well done for me for not calling you Clive, <laughs> just a little pat the back, <laughs> um, is um, Don High and how much an influence he was at QPR. Obviously, sadly passed away at the terrible time before Christmas and that there, but he was amazing for QPR, what he'd done for our club. He certainly was. I think the the professionalism that he bought, mm. the experience, uh, his his coaching expertise, really um, shaped and developed a lot of the younger players that that were there at that particular time. And uh, he he deserves enormous credit for that. Um, he got the credit he deserved at QPR. Possibly not, because he came in at a difficult time. And um, although. You know, I might be biased. I thought Jerry Francis did a wonderful job. He sort of inherited some of the good foundations that Don had put in place. And uh, players certainly benefited from, uh, like you say, the coaching that Don gave on a daily basis. He was, he was meticulous in his planning. He really used to work us very, very hard. I can't tell you how, he, really? how, how demanding he was. He was very intense. And, uh, you know, he'd, he'd had health problems even then. Um, that that he he overcome, but he was always the very first, very last off the training pitch, and the example that he set um, wasn't lost on the players. Proper old school, he was, he was, and and, and we we really respected him because we we knew that we were working with someone that um, that knew what they were talking about. I love the photographs in the, in the tractor tops with his cap on as well. Amazing, like proper proper manager I would I say. think what is forgotten he's two of the finest players I've seen at QPR he signed them Roy Wegley and Clyde Wilson are both Don Howe signings and I think Trevor Francis although it didn't work out as a manager and you know we could argue about what he did and what he should have done but he made some fine signings as well in David Bardsley um, mm. I think he signed Ray Wilkins as well I think just on his way out but you know and Jerry although a fine manager took that team on and the foundations were put in you know largely by Francis and and Don Howe. But what I always remember him doing brilliantly was, I think he brought Les Ferdinand through. Yeah, but just that, that side. We, I remember thinking we lost a... We had a horrible run of injuries, and I think we had Barsley playing centre-half and Gus Caesar playing centre-half. And Oh, you mentioned that word. We had, we, and then they brought in Peacock and Tilson. And Did you play with Gus? Probably. He played more games. How many games do you think he played for QPR? I'd say no more than half a dozen. Well, that's too many, but that, yeah, how was quite. But that's how desperate things were. But I do remember at the time there was never any animosity towards the manager, or it was like get him out. It was just kind of accepted. He played at we Wimbledon. We lost four 0 I'm sure he played that day. He was dreadful. Anyway, yeah. But can you imagine that happening now? The team not winning for four or five months, and the crowd still being oh, well, accepting of what we are, and that's how football's changed. Yeah. Mm. But I, I, there's no patience anymore. More, more tolerant, wasn't yeah. it? Well. Do you know what? I, just ending on Don High, our thoughts and sympathy to his family, obviously, but what a job he done for Rangers. And I would say that 90s team was built at his foundations. Now, we're going to just end the podcast. Before we do our, our end, on, it's the end of the year. So we've had relegation. We've had the championship. And um, the club, I don't know if you've seen this, about the season tickets. It's a bit. I find it strange that the club. You've got to, which is fine. You've got to pay by March. That's the crack. But if you don't pay by not March or renew, they think they put up thirty percent. That's what I'm understanding. So if you're in Goulds and you miss renewal, 
you look at 570 next season for the championship. What, so it goes up from 30% to what it is now. Otherwise, well, it's frozen. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. Bear with me. Where do you sit, Chris? You sit South Africa. Do you? Yeah. How come I've never seen you? Well, I haven't got a season ticket, but that's where I've been sitting. Oh, okay. You should, you should give us a ring. We should meet up and <laughs> get, stand in the middle of the concourse with nowhere to go and just talk to each other like I do with everyone for about 25 minutes. Um, where do you sit in? Upper loft, I think it's. Oh, so you're. N block, I think. Yeah. N U. All right, Re- reading it like this. Oh, I'm in silver, but this is this is everyone always does the top end of these things. This is what they do in Watchdog. So that's what I'm going to do. If you've got a season ticket in Gould, no, you paid 518 in June. It's 535 for next season, so it's a slight increase, not major, but it's still an increase for the championship, which I still think were expensive anyway. Or 570 if you miss the renewal for championship football. QPR, rethink this. It's, it's, it's ridiculous you can't pay that money in the championship in my humble opinion am I wrong? well I usually am it's hard to justify because we won five home games in 2015 you know so and looking at the league table maybe if we're top you know clear, yeah, five points clear we're going to be in the Premier League next season you'd understand that but um, yeah I mean they haven't come out and said why have they? no it's, 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 it's a new idea it's a the club they, they did reduce the prices quite dramatically when we dropped from Premier League to the Champions They also hacked them up quite well as well when we went up. Yeah, that's fair enough. I'm just saying my ticket is, was, I think, last year 700 something. This year it was 520, hmm. I think it was. Still expensive for the Championship. It's expensive. And also, what would we be charging away fans? Because, you know, we've got to think... I, I just think with... Well, football across the board is expensive. It's yeah, but it's a Championship. We've got to remember where we are. We've got to stop mm. this thinking we're soft we're not we're in the championship we're not playing very well and I think the club need to extend it back to June and give people a year's warning to bring it in next season when people have got a season to think about it I think to pay for two season tickets in one season which will push you nearly over a grand in the championship it's a lot of money but I'm guessing as well how they see it is that you've got three months to pay it now whereas in the summer you've got two months and if you're paying it yeah but you're paying it by March this year yeah so you've got from December to March to pay that. But you're gonna be paying it in July anyway, so is it? Well, I, I just that, think is that a big, is it? It's still it's still two season tickets in one season because seasons are mm. obviously still going. I I just think they need to rethink it, but rethink the prices more than anything else. I mean, if they can't do anything about the early bird, fair enough. But they can't seriously be thinking about charging five seventy for season tickets in the championship next season if that's where we're going to be, which is most likely, or even worse. That would be. Ins- they just need to rethink it. In my humble opinion, I think they go back to drawing board ranges and rethink it because brings me on to my next subject. The lower loft is half empty anyway. Mm. The atmosphere is not great. The atmosphere has been. I think it's ridiculous. You got like the school end, which is basically made up. My mates at the other day, and there was a fellow in front of him with an Arsenal hat on, which is fair enough, I guess. But don't bring your Arsenal hat to QPR. We're filling up with the, the, the lower school end with just um, game people who want to come for one game sometimes which is fine but it's not, it's not hardcore and the lower loft is not hardcore either so the only noise you're getting is from the away fans you know it's, it just seems to me the club need to rethink where we're going to put this family stand and get the, the atmosphere has not been the same has it let's be honest with you, for, for a long time at Rangers it's, I don't know what's causing it but I'm, I'm pretty sure a half empty lower loft is never going to help anyone so that's another debate but rethink the season ticket prices I think am I wrong I don't know what do you think 
Yeah, well, uh, season tickets. Yeah, I mean it's a little bit, it's a little bit steep with the atmosphere. I think they just need the players, the team need to give the fans a little bit more um, excitement. I thought we played quite well against Brighton. The atmosphere was a lot better. Mm. And you know, if we start playing more exciting football, loads of chances, pump the ball in the area, then fans will get behind the team. Ian, I agree. Yeah, the Brighton game was very good. The crowd were great against Brighton. That's probably the best one for a long time. Hasn't been the case of many games this season, but that was a really. Yeah, the crowd really got behind the team that night. I know you can't get a season ticket, Bradley, for various reasons, but when you played there back in the day, it, you, it must be electric when it's buzzing. Surely it's a Under the lights, especially, and I think, like you say, you know, I, I caught the, the back end of the Brighton game and uh, it, was, it, it reminded me a little bit of, of, of the old days, you know, the last 20 minutes, the, the opportunities, goal scoring, goal mm. scored. Uh, the crowd were up and uh, it's very intimidating and, and, and that was sadly severely lacking in the, uh, in the whole fixture but, but, but let's hope that this year there will be some um, improved performances that will lift the spirits of the supporters I think in fairness we don't lose many games at home under lights especially the big games I mean no. even in the Premier League like playing the likes of City and that night against Liverpool we won 3-2 the crowd rises for those sort of games, which is why I was—I didn't think for a minute we'd lose to Hull on Friday for the, for that reason. Um, which brings on to the next thing, and then we're going to have to wrap up. I know, sorry, engineer. Um, are we spoiled? A lot of people on Twitter saying we're spoiled as fans. We've been spoiled over the last few years. Ian, yeah, hundred percent. Okay. In what way? Yeah, I, I would ask the same. In, in what way? I just think why? Why? Why have you been spoiled? Well, that's what everyone's saying. We've been spoiled as supporters. I don't know. Are we overachieving? Are we? Is it? Is the money ruined? I don't know. Yeah. Well, there's a generation of supporters that have seen us just buy. When do we get taken over by Reatory? Two thousand seven. Yeah. So we've had kind of seven, eight years of money, 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 and throwing money at it. And you know, some of us, you know, everyone hops back to the buckets and chucking money in the buckets to buy Jamie Cure and that kind of thing. Mm. But yeah. I, I mean, the abuse is thrown down at Porter. That's one of our players. He's scoring goals, and it, it, it's unbelievable. Why would you do that? To, why would you get on the back of one of your own players like like he has? I mean, yeah. if he was, I mean, he's no, he's not Brett Angel, is he? You know, he's not Charlie Austin, but he's not Brett Angel. He's scoring goals. He's got two and two. Yeah, I don't think you know. I mean, Bradley, you've played there. We talk about the atmosphere and that, but is it a tough place to play when the team isn't doing well? Because do, do you hear everything from the crowd? Because you do, because they're so close. Um, I, I just think maybe the, the 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 concept. I think you you make a very good point. You know, as as there been a, a a clear understanding, maybe the the more recent. So I say the QPR supporter of the the last ten years, they think the club have been flush mm. with cash. So the players that have been bought in or players within the squad should be giving them a certain return. So that's where the frustration mm. lies. Those of a generation before that, they've got a better understanding because they've been on that journey and they know the, the difficult periods that, 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 that the club's been through. Um, and, and, that, and that's mm. where you are, I think, as well, within the support. So you've, yeah. got, you've got those on a poor performance that get terribly frustrated terribly quickly and then those of an older generation say, oh, hang on a minute, you've got to understand that this is the squad of players mm. that the manager's inherited. He's, he's trying his best. The players are maybe trying their best as well. So that, that's the, I think that's the situation that the, the club find themselves in. 
and uh, and you, you you just got to you got to almost grow through that and 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 redevelop something new. I think you need something new, something fresh, something vibrant, which the current set will buy into again, and uh, and, and and QPR returning to some of its principles. I think as well. I, mean, I don't. The abuse that Croc, uh, Chris Ramsey was getting early in the season, I've, I've never seen that before. Yeah, but as I've never, said... N- nothing like... You know, there's always a scapegoat around you. There's always someone to blame. There's always someone who's a bit of a boo-boy. But, and, you know, and the, the Cole Henry as well, booing a guy for crossing a ball that doesn't go into the box. It, it's kind of... It's, it's, I understand the frustration, but yeah. it's, it's certainly... Having been away for, for 10 years and come back, I, I've noticed there's a complete difference to what it, what it was. Yeah. You do get it's, it's embarrassing, you know, on social social media. More and more people use it. Even mm. Jim um, Hasselbank on Instagram is posting fo- photos of him and his family. There's people underneath going, "Get back on a training ground! What are you doing?" Yeah. And you don't want to see that. But um, but yeah, in that way, in that way, I think fans of sport. But also, you have to be a bit um, uh, considerate to the fans because they've gone up to the Premier League and the club have got it mm. so wrong. You look at like what Watford and have done this season. Even Bournemouth look like they, they might stay up because. They've pulled out a few great results, and then you look at what QPR have done when mm. they've been in Premier League, and they've just got it so wrong compared to those clubs. That's a good point, actually, because I think that we we were the original Wimbledon many many years ago. We never well, you would know this better than me, and you would be gone since you were a child. I, I just came over in a boat and started going. Well, I I, I recently covered a game at, at Vicarage Road um, with my media work, and when they when they played Spurs, and the atmosphere was like. Unbelievable! We've got mm. a new stand there, and they were really acting as the twelfth man. And uh, Spurs scored a, a, a late goal. They were rather fortunate to get the result, but I think they've they've given themselves a, every every chance. And I go back to my time, and that's how Loftus Road was. You know, mm. teams did not like going to Loftus Road to play. Alex Ferguson mentioned it because the, mm. the, the the crowd played such a major part. It's funny with Watford because the way they've done it is hardly textbook. But they're actually doing quite well. Yeah, so the, the family, Pozzo family, that own Watford, also own Genoa, and a team in Italy. I can't remember which one. And they've all established in the top flight. They've got a really big scouting network, and share players. And some people don't like it, but yeah, was, they've just uh, didn't they sack the manager? They got them promoted. Yeah, I think he wanted a bit too much money. He's now gone to Fulham, Jakanovic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I suppose for every Watford, there's a Charlton. So, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? This is where football is these days, and even Fulham. You look at them; they shouldn't be where they are, really. It's kind of nice, though. It is quite nice. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, you know, we don't want them getting above themselves. We, we always give them the three easy points. I mean, why shouldn't they suffer for the rest of the season? Raj, your hours end of the show. Uh, by the way, happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah. yeah, my hours end is hopefully a good performance on Saturday in the FA Cup. I think the FA released a video today with a pro- promotion video for the FA Cup, and <laughs> part of it was showing Sheffield United beating us three 0 so Oh, this is like yeah. Thanks for reminding. <laughs> thanks for reminding me. Yeah, I so. did see that on yeah. Friday actually. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, this is a brilliant. We play a role in the <laughs> FA Cup. Eh? A bit of improvement would be good on Saturday. Yeah, are you going Saturday? I'm not. No, I'm working Saturday and Sunday, so I can't. You did a day job. Yeah. Of course, because you've. No, you, no, no, you don't. I, yeah, for ITV, just doing just one weekend every month. I'm working both days. I'm going there, but I don't work for ITV. <laughs> I have a rare Saturday when Rangers aren't at home off, so it's my first away game of the season, so I'm going in blind faith to see history being made. Yeah, I'm taking you. Good luck with that. My driving's awful. <laughs> what, do you, what, what are you going on Saturday, Bradley? I'll be at Arsenal Saturday. 
<laughs> so that should be a gimme, I would imagine. Yeah. Who are they playing? What, what scene they, uh, they select? They're playing Sunderland. Oh, okay. So what we all do for Friday then? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, 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 obviously we'll win. <laughs> Talking of blind optimism, my wife was trying to book a summer holiday yesterday. She wanted to book it for the weekend, the playoff final. And I said she couldn't, just in case. <laughs> Bless you, Ian. Bless you. Bless you. It's terrible when you're in the UK watching Brentford on Sky. That's that's a true arse supporter, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right. So you've done yours, end. I have. God, Fraser's is going to sack me after this. Ian, have you got an hours end to show? Does it involve your your wife trying to have a nice holiday and you ruin it for her? No, much of what I said. Just up to Forest, hoping for see history made and a few changes and hopefully a win. Okay. Bradley, have you got anything you'd like to say to QPR fans before you go? Get, get through a, a, a couple of the, the FA Cup ties, if possible. And I think, you know, there'll be a championship side next season. I don't fear that they'll be nervously looking over their shoulder. And I think the, uh, the, 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 the real test, the judgment should, should lie when the, 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 the summer months come. Who's mm. brought into the club? And, and hopefully the uh, the manager will be fully fully supported there because then um, there can be some uh, fresh optimism for the new season. Well, my hours in the show is just a very basic one. I'd just like to thank Steve Gallon for everything he's done for QPR over 18 years and um, hopefully we'll see him back there one day in some rule. This has been Open All Hours. Thank you, Bradley Allen. And um, yeah, and you did well for QPR. You have my permission to feel... You're going to get a thank you. Thank you for what you've done for Rangers. My pleasure, you, thanks. You know, not just me, but I mean, I don't speak to the fans, but you've, you know, you're part of that great side. And thanks for all the, the dreams and wonderfulness we had on that team. It was great. And what you said about Don Howe was brilliant. Thank you. Ian McCulloch, thank you for popping in. And um, I look forward to Saturday with you. It should be interesting. You're not screamish about driving, are you? No. Excellent. Because I'm a van driver. It'll be <laughs> fun. About three miles an hour. And um, thank you, as always, Mr. Mendes, beautifully groomed for the podcast, as always. Thank you, Mr. Finney. You're all right. We might start doing one on, on um, video one day. When we, like, put in front of your kids, you want to scare them. Like, <laughs> it's an idea. It's the future, video. But thank you for everyone who listened to us last year, who will listen to us this year. Without you, this podcast wouldn't exist. Please tune in again next week, when hopefully we can make history at the city ground. Goodbye. Um, by the way, this is a song by Emily Capel, QPR season ticket holder. It's called The Strike. Please support her at Camden when she plays. Thank you. I'm not a lover, a shake in my hips. I can't get too low when I do the dip. But I've fallen hard for this new dance going around. It's called The Strike Man, and it goes like. Who can cha-cha the salsa But I just cannot get enough For this new dance for the crowd Just called the strong man And it goes like this Now everybody will put their hands on their hips And everybody will twist their feet like this And we would just get on up and do it till you had enough Do the strut, yeah, I think you're getting it Now I see some girls, they get caught daggering 
I find that movement should be pretty staggering, but they're there. Ain't no sluts trying to do the strut, no, they try, but they haven't got it. No, 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 oh, no, no, no. And there ain't no need for you to feel embarrassed. I hear they're doing it down in Buckingham Palace, so why not? Shoes off the shelf, do the shot, yeah. I know you can't resist. Hi Emily, welcome to the podcast. Can you tell us how you got into Queen's Park Rangers, please, and the connection? Uh, how I got into GPR. My family's called GPR, so that's how I got into GPR. And also we live in West London, and so that's how that happened. And so I've, I was a GPR from like five upwards, and then I've had a membership and then I had a season ticket. Oh, so you've got the you, you've gone the whole way then. You've gone through the whole the system like a like a prodigal child to a, a super fan. Yeah, yeah, that's that's me, a super fan. It's been great, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Did you go Saturday? <laughs> yeah, I did go on Saturday. Yeah, it wasn't the best game hmm. we've ever played. No, it's all right. It's good. It's good fun to sit in the Ju block, regardless but of you, what the score is. You know, people are talking about relegation. Do you think we'll get relegated? Really Maybe, mm. maybe we will. Are you there for how long at Dublin Castle and what time and what day? I am here at Dublin Castle now, in sat outside. I am here every Monday, but we're starting from Fridays. So hopefully we'll be Friday soon. Ooh. And we go on stage at nine o'clock and we are here until the foreseeable future. So yeah. Brilliant. And um, will you come into the podcast one day and do a QPR song for us, please? Of course. Excellent. Oh my god, what rhymes with podcast in our crack on? Well, you know, you could you could you could just sing about anything. You can sing about the glory days of this seat. Hey, that's a good one. Sing about all the good games this season, there's a challenge. I know, I think I'm gonna do a song about how much I love Clinton Hill. That'll do. That will do. That'll yeah. do. Brilliant. Emily, thank you so much. Best of luck with the, um, the music and, the, and the, the time at Dublin Castle and um, really look forward to seeing you in the podcast ASAP. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Bye. 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 The QPR podcast is a West 12 Media and Burble Media production.
The QPR podcast is sponsored by Florally Yours. Based outside Harrow-on-the-Hill train station and run by Kerry, a QPR fan, they can supply everything you need in the way of fresh flowers and plants for every occasion. QPR, QPR, Chris Rangers are on the up.